Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. They were there. They were there training yesterday at Joint Base L. Richardson in Alaska when two U.S. Army helicopters collided and crashed while returning from a training flight, killing three soldiers and injuring a fourth. Two of the soldiers died at the scene of the crash near Healy, Alaska, and a third died on the way to the hospital in Fairbanks. A fourth soldier was being treated at a hospital for injuries, according to a statement from the United States Army. The name of those killed are still being withheld until their relatives can be notified. Each AH-64 Apache helicopter was carrying two people at the time of the crash, according to John Pinnell, a spokesperson for the U.S. Army, Alaska. The helicopters were from the 1st Attack Battalion, the 25th Aviation Regiment, at Fort Wainwright, based near Fairbanks. This is an incredible loss, not just for the soldiers and their families and the fellow soldiers, but for the division Um, according to the commander of the 11th Airborne Division. Hearts and prayers go out to the families, friends, and loved ones. And this is why I do this, why I take this first segment on Fridays to talk about the incredible sacrifice. I mean, this this is bravery beyond any thing conceivable most of the time. Just in February, two soldiers were injured when an Apache helicopter rolled off after taking off also uh, one of the four helicopters that was on its way to Alaska and was involved in this crash. In March, we lost nine soldiers when the two uh, U.S. Army Black Hawk medical evacuation helicopters crashed during a routine nighttime training exercise about 30 miles northeast of Fort Campbell, Kentucky. These are brave, brave people with brave, brave families. And the least we can do is honor them. I won't be able to tell you their names until next week, but you need to know that while you're sitting safe in your office or sitting safe in your car or sitting safe somewhere, freedom isn't free. And your safety isn't guaranteed unless men and women are willing to sign a check up to and including their very life to the United States military. I, I, you know, I only worship God, but I admire the military probably above all else. And, and you know, uh, our hearts and, and, and prayers do go out to the family. And, uh, you know, next week we'll be able to pay individual honor to them. So much to talk about. I was sent the um, lawsuit, the federal lawsuit that Disney has filed against Governor DeSantis. I've only had a chance, 77 pages long, I've only had a chance 
to read about the first six pages. I got it just prior to going on the air. But I can tell you this, they have a very compelling case. You know, um, the plaintiff is Walt Disney Parks and Resorts. And the, the uh, of course, the defendant is Ronald D. DeSantis in his official capacity as governor. Meredith Ivey in her official capacity as acting secretary of the Florida Department of Economic Opportunity. Martin Garcia, he is the um, board chair of the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District. Michael Sasso, board member. I mean, they're going. They're going for the the declaratory and injunctive relief. And what I have read so far, I just, uh, I don't want any taxpayer dollars to be wasted. I don't think he can win this. You know, you're talking about a company that has made an immeasurable impact on Florida and its economy. It says right in the introduction, for more than half a century, they've turned Central Florida into a top global tourist destination, attracting tens of millions of visitors to the state each year. People and families from every corner of the globe travel to Walt Disney World because it's, you know, it's Walt Disney World, that's why. I can't tell you how many times I've been there. Of course, I live in Florida, so it was, a, you know, an easy vacation with kids. But uh, they are alleging that it was a targeted campaign of government retaliation orchestrated at every step by Governor DeSantis as a punishment for Disney's protected speech and that now threatens Disney's business operations, jeopardizes its, its economic future in the region, and violates its constitutional rights. The governor had the state's oversight board has purported to void publicly noticed and duly agreed upon development contracts, which had laid the foundation for billions of Disney's investment dollars and thousands of jobs. This government action was patently retaliatory, patently anti-business, and patently unconstitutional. But the governor and his allies have made clear they do not care and will not stop. So, you know, they're serious as a heart attack, and they've got the money to back it up. You know, uh, very few people can challenge a state's governor in a lawsuit of this manner. Very few people can challenge, you know, a city government the way Fane Lozman did, not once but twice, and prevail. Get it all the way to the Supreme Court and prevail both times. That's very rare. And uh, anybody who thinks that the Disney Corporation is going to back down from this fight at any point in the future is crazy. And it's definitely going to muddy his probability or his electability in a national election. Because, you know, some people, the only thing they know about Florida is Disney. Or maybe the only thing they know about Florida is DeSantis. Uh, whatever it is, the whole country is going to be looking at this, and I don't think this is going to help him. I really don't. Not that I'm interested in helping him run for national office yet. I'd like him to just stay the governor, but now as governor, he's got to fight this fight. And, of course... The, what's going to make it terrible for us here in the state of Florida is, you know, when the governor and all of those state officials are involved in a lawsuit of this nature, you may very well be paying out of your pocket. Unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. But we'll find out, you know, how this all shakes out soon. Um, so much to talk about today, and I, I don't even know where to begin. 
because of course it's fascinating to me um, to look at the effects of the whole Tucker Carlson firing because everybody got involved in this. I, I mean, you're hearing from people, they're in Vegas placing bets on who's going to replace him, right? <laughs> it's crazy. I haven't even thought about that because to be perfectly honest, I just don't watch it anymore. You know, um, I don't know, is it going to be Jesse Waters? Is it going to be Greg Gutfeld? Is it going to be, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, are they going to move up Hannity or Ingram? And and what this whole rotating host thing, this is always a tragedy, right? Because I can tell you right now, why on earth would they have started with um, Brian Kilmeade? We're all... A, a, a you know f saturated you know we hear Brian's radio show he's on the morning show he does a Saturday show I mean you know come on he's just not worthy of multiple shows nobody really is I can't think of anybody most really talented people settle into one somebody suggested that it could very well be um, Tulsi Gabbard which I think would be a terrible idea she is an ex-Democrat, and she has guest-hosted for him a few times, but I, I just don't see that. It, you know, um, I don't know. I really don't know. I love Kaylee McEnany, but uh, asking her to help put the, her at the helm of that show is really overstating her talent. Um, you know, I, I just don't know. I don't care or like any of them enough to... Yeah, I think Dana Perino is probably a direction they would go in but I, I don't know I just don't know I don't know there's some Tiffany Cross they're talking about I don't know anything about her Pete Hegseth Will Kane I like Will Kane Will Kane could probably put it up you know put it on but I, that they're betting on it is crazy it just doesn't matter that much to me I got more important things to worry about but I did have to bring it up because it is a big story. And I don't uh, avoid the big stories, even the ones I don't care about. It's a big story out of Hollywood. Well, I'm going to talk about it with Derek. Yeah, Derek will be on today, I think at 1245. And of course, we have to talk about Jerry Springer. Derek has personal knowledge of Jerry Springer. So he's taking his death, you know, to heart. Um and he'll be a good resource. I, I also have to talk about this insane debate that's going on right now about this new Cleopatra movie. And, uh, you know, the, the Adele James has been selected to star as Cleopatra in this new movie, Queen Cleopatra. And Egypt is going crazy. The people in Egypt are saying, this is a falsification of Egyptian history which is fascinating, and but I'll talk about that with Derek too because there's some subjects that are, you know, just they're just bizarre to me. I, 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 don't, I don't understand. I was watching, what was I watching the other night where every other character had been replaced by, like men had been replaced with women and, and you know, white people with black people and Asian people replacing black people. It was just a bizarre mess mix-up. I'm trying to remember what it was. And I said to my husband, like, what is the overriding point of all this? You know, that, that it's very diverse, but 
those kinds of people, all these different kinds of people, really would, doesn't make sense that they would be on this particular starship or wherever they were. It wasn't a starship. I can't remember what it was, but it was pretty interesting. It was a, one of these apocalyptic things that my husband loves to watch, and I wandered in, and he had it on. And it was all like, uh, it, it looked like the United Nations, but unnecessarily so, if you know what I mean. Like, how did the guy from East Asia and the person from, you know, the southern tip of Africa and the person from California all end up in this one spot, just, uh, we really, we have to tr stop trying so hard is what I think. President Biden and South Korea's Yoon Suk-yul unveiled a new plan this week to counter the nuclear threat of North Korea with the U.S. leader issuing a blunt warning that such an attack would result in the end of whatever regime took such action. Yeah, I'm sure that, uh, you know, that the uh, rocket man is quaking in his boots, right? Because Joe Biden is indignant. I just, we're, we're at such a dangerous point in time, and the person at the helm of this country is so inadequate and so bizarre that I truly... Uh, I, I spend a lot of time in prayer. That's what Tucker Carlson said at that, uh, I think it was the Heritage Foundation speech he made on Saturday when he said, look, at, at some point you have to look at all of this and say, nothing is working. Maybe we all ought to take 10 minutes of our time every day and pray, right? Okay, I, uh, I, I agree. I think that we're at that moment now. It, it's definitely time to pray. Anyway, let me take a break. Don't forget to participate in all of our cool contests. We have a contest where you can register in one of two ways. You can either go to the app or you can go to the website, 850WFTL.com. We're giving away a $50 DoorDash gift card so you can get saucy with freaking delicious fried chicken tenders from Tender Shack. Enter now on the app or at 850WFTL.com. Plus, you get rewarded when you listen on the app. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yeah, you just, uh, sometimes you just have to clear your head and watch some, you know, funny animal videos. That's what I put up, you know, I really did. And uh, I don't think, um, I, I don't I don't know. I think that you really, there, there comes a time when all of us just realize that uh, there are no easy answers and we don't have any people who seem competent to answer the big questions, they don't want to talk about the big questions. That's the one thing that Tucker Carlson said in his goodbye video, or whatever it was, was he said, you know, we don't talk about the real issues. So we, we like to argue about, you know, a select number of issues all the time. And the culture war is a big deal, but like there are other things that we need to talk about and we really have a hard time focusing in. I mean, I'm looking at a headline today and I'm thinking to myself, is there a single radio personality, me included, who's going to talk about the fact that Russia just, you know, basically wiped out civilians, 17 people, 
And, you know, Kiev is uh, getting ready to strike back and launch a, a huge ground assault and retake some of the occupied land. And we're all sitting here and talking about, you know, Disney. Not that it's not a big, it is a big story, especially here in South Florida. But for goodness sake, I don't hear anybody talking about the incredible loss of life that's being suffered in the Ukraine. And, you know, uh, Vladimir Putin, does anybody in this audience really believe that Vladimir Putin would be doing what he's doing and that Xi Jinping would be doing what he's doing if somebody else was in the White House? I'm not even going to say if, if only Donald Trump was in the White House. Just about anybody in the White House. You know, um, when you look at, when you say to people, the Wall Street Journal today said, when you look at people's faces, when you say, looks like it'll be uh, Biden and Trump, you'll see that most people just get like a really puzzled look and a shake their heads and sigh. You know, 70% of the Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run. Half of the party doesn't want Donald Trump to run. Yet here at the moment, it's almost inevitable. You would think that they were the only two people a lot, uh, in America. Mr. Biden is unopposed because his party couldn't rouse itself to do what Democrats have almost existed to do, have a big, mean, knockdown, drag-out brawl. You know, party discipline is a failure and a mistake in this case. Republicans, at least, are having a fight. But all the primary state polls show that Mr. Trump is dominating. So I agree with people who say the problem isn't only Joe Biden's age on that side, but the implication that his age carries, that if he's reelected, there's a really good chance Kamala Harris will become president. And we know nothing about her. Nothing good. If you ask her anything pertinent or she's never coherent, you just get that loud <laughs> cackle laughter, unconnected to anything. And then that looping nonsense of her words. Come on, man. You know, how are you going to vote for Joe Biden knowing that you can end up with Kamala Harris? And on the Republican side, you know, the consistent number two in the polls, Ron DeSantis is fading. It doesn't, I don't know if he can, um, you know, life is full of surprises. And, and you know, what can I say? Um, there's a big challenge right now for the, these two parties to try and figure out what their identity is. Because... You don't, I, I don't understand what platforms the American people are even looking at anymore. You know, Budweiser is a beer company, and now, because it forgot its mission for a little while, it's a beer company with big problems over a transgendered model or whatever Dylan is, right? Disney, entertaining America for s nearly a century. That's what they do, except in the most extraordinary and essential cases, they shouldn't give in to the temptation to put themselves forward as deep-thinking cultural leaders. Mind your business, keep your side of the street clean, treat your people well, set a standard, pay them well, don't add to the friction, it doesn't help, it only makes things more bitter. That was what Peggy Noonan said in her column at the Wall Street Journal. You know, look, they say he's gonna announce his presidential run, but, you know, Alex Castellanos is a familiar face for us. 
He said the problem for Mr. DeSantis is not that he's unlikable, it's worse. It's that he doesn't like the Republican Party. When, or he doesn't like people, us. When voters see a political figure likes them, they start to trust him because they know he'll do a lot to preserve their affection. Politicians find ways to be popular even when they're not likable. Nixon was, you know, a, a, America's again gonna be locked into a Trump-Biden race. I think the uh, people are gonna get kind of frisky. I don't think they're just gonna accept this. I see some little pushbacks. Robert F. Kennedy is one. And, uh, you know, who knows? I would love to see them on a ticket together. That's all. Just just would love it. I, I think it would it would shake things up and if we're gonna have a uniparty, which it feels like what we have, then let's have a uniparty. You know. Let's have you know, candidates who have relationships of merit and and content with the other side. Eh, look, what can I tell you? It's kind of uh sophomoric and kind of you know, just me being in a mood today where I just can't stand any more bad news. So I'm trying to fantasize my way into, you know, a, a, a ticket I could actually get excited about. And and you know I'm a big Trump supporter, but there comes a moment, and it really does, when you say to yourself, is this going to work? You know, are we going to be in a position where a third party would ha have to have some compelling candidate to come in. I, I just not, I don't think people want that. But it's possible. It is possible. All right, let me take a break. We'll be uh, uh, talking with Derek towards the end of the show, but I will be back. I have something else I really, really feel compelled to talk about. So stay right where you are. So I want to talk about something that never is easy for women to talk about. Um, because I take allegations of sexual abuse or you know any kind of uh, power play against a woman in the workplace, I take that very seriously. And so, if someone steps forward and says, you know, I was harassed, I was bullied, uh, you know, they were making racist or anti-Semitic, whatever the case may be, comments, I take that very seriously. But I also have learned over time that sometimes the the story doesn't line up. I mean, I, I can only tell you that I think all the time about the slanderous way the women who came forward when Justice Kavanaugh was being confirmed in that hearing, the things that were said. And, you know, it was hard for me to get on the air sometimes and tell you what I really thought about, uh, you know, you know, Blasey Ford and and, and all, you know, these, uh, who was the other one? Julie Swetnick. You know, these were, these were horrible women. Women's women. And, you know, you're turning the workplace into, you, s you cannot talk to a woman in any manner that isn't, you know, strictly, uh, you know, soft conversational without running the risk of, at some point, being dragged into a courtroom. And, you know, this Abby Grossberg, which, you know, now everybody's saying, well, you know, the, the Fox Corporation got really tired. They didn't want to fight this discrimination lawsuit that Abby Gross Grossberg had and 
you know, the allegations made against Tucker Carlson and the hostile work environment and anti-Semitic comments and all that you know, it was just the last straw, apparently, is what people are being told, insiders are being told. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, the last straw is always some woman steps forward and says, you know, I was uh, raped, I was, you know, I was drunk, and, and you know, I, I, he said something on the phone to me. And I get a very uneasy feeling in my stomach when I hear these stories, especially when the story about uh, Abby Grossberg first came up because she never even met Tucker Carlson when she was working for Fox News in person. She never met the guy because he taped all of his shows from personal studios that he built in Maine and in Florida. So she never once met him. She was working out of the Fox New York City office. Tucker spent all his time in his home studios in Maine and Florida, and nobody ever says anything about that. How do you promote a hostile work environment when you're not in the same work environment? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure that, uh, you know, she's got hours of tape, she says. You know, it's like Blasey Ford and Julie Swetnick, who probably couldn't have recognized, uh, you know, uh, Justice Kavanaugh in a, in a lineup prior to his face being splashed all over the newspaper. Uh, you know, this, this woke environment, you know, I talk about it in my thought of the day today, has hurt a lot of real uh, advances that have been made. You know, and when, when some women in corporate America are, are just waiting for that moment where they can pull out the gender card and say, you know, hey, this guy uh, in, uh, insulted me, assaulted me, made me feel uncomfortable, and they, I don't know, is it that they're trying to get even with the person? I really don't know. It's going to create a, a time and place in America where you cannot have a conversation with a person of unknown gender. Because I can't even say, don't have a conversation with a woman, because we don't know what a woman is. A woman could be anyone who says they're a woman. Uh, it could be a man, it could be you know transgender, whatever. You know. So it's all so confusing, and yet all the strides that women like me made when we broke through glass ceilings in talk radio, when we broke through glass ceilings and were seated in the Senate. Look, I, I was one of those people who always wondered, how do you become a, a congresswoman or a senator? There, I don't see any, you know, maybe there were like a few when I was uh, growing up, and then Bella Abzug, you know, and it was like, oh, it was like monumental, much like African-Americans felt when Barack Obama was elected president. It's a moment where you feel this enormous surge of possibility. And we, we really, as a country, have, have tried to expand and give opportunity to everybody. And now it's like all the people that, that fought for those things are told to shut up because now we're not, you can't, can't call yourself a woman. What makes you a woman? You're a person who has the right reproductive organs. That doesn't make you a woman. You know, yeah, some, some person... I was going to start watching this series because I really love Christina Ricci, and a friend of mine had recommended some series. I think it's called Yellow Jackets, right? And she said you'll love this. It's a you know about some I don't know some kind of soccer team or volleyball team. But anyway, she said 
Christina Ricci is brilliant in it, and there's this other actress in it, <laughs> only she's not an actress. And, um, and so she would very possibly be nominated for a um, whatever, you, you know, what do they give, daytime Emmys? I don't know, some kind of award. And she says that she cannot, um, she can't do it because there's no category for her. What does that even mean? She can't be best actress and she can't be best actor because she's non-binary? What is that? What? I'm sorry. You know, I, I just, I'm, I've had enough. So now I'm not going to watch it. I'm just not. You know, and I love Julia, Juliette Lewis. I love Christina Ricci. But I don't know, you know. I, I, if this is going to bring up this stupid stuff, uh, non-binary stuff, then I, I, I just, I'm probably not going to express any interest in it. I really, I just, you know. Liv Hewson isn't entering the Emmy race because there's no category for her. So she's sitting out a potential Emmy nomination. Um, there's no place for me in the acting categories. Hewson, 27, who is non-binary. It would be inaccurate for me to submit myself as an actress. It neither makes sense for me to be lumped in with a boys. It's quite straightforward and not that loaded. I can't submit myself for this because there's no space for me. What? You know, I know some guy left the Tony Awards, but we've really, this has just become stupid now, okay? This has just become ridiculous. We look stupid to the world. They're looking at us and they're trying to figure out like, really? You know, Ukraine is being bombed ferociously. Innocent civilians are dying in their beds. And the United States of America is talking, you know, is obsessed with, you know, the, the many genders that they have to uh, pay homage to, even though, like, if you follow the science, this is not n normal. You know, all of us have X and Y chromosomes. Some of us have X and Y chromosomes, and some of us have only X chromosomes. That's it. There's no other categories. Uh, there may be an occasional anomaly, and yet we have devoted so much attention to this, and we continue to, and I do too, because I'm just incensed by the ludicrous nature of declaring yourself something that you are physiologically not. Now, you know, Drag queens aside, because drag queens don't, I don't think they refer to themselves as transgender. They are men who dress up like women and who uh, impersonate women for the most part. But they're not, you know, they're not, they're not claiming to have some biological imperfection. They're just saying, like, we really dig doing this. And even now, we've had to marginalize them because. Why would you have them in, in story hours with little children? I mean, 
Adult entertainment is adult entertainment. Are we now going to have kids allowed into strip joints? And are we now going to have bachelor parties with little kids coming to them where, you know, some model shows up, pops out of a cake, and takes all her clothes off? I, I just don't understand what the point is. That's not acceptance. That's, in, you know, indoctrination. That's invasion of privacy. And it's certainly a slap in the face to any parent who's just trying to shield their kid from all of the things that they'll have to confront and face when they're adults. Why do they have to confront and face drag queens as little kids? Why do they have to confront and, uh, you know, why do they have to have teachers who tell them, well, I'm not a boy and I'm not a girl, I'm, I'm non-binary, and maybe that's true for you too. Uh, you know, to an impressionable five-year-old who goes, yeah, I really like cowboys, you know, I think uh, maybe I'm just non-binary because uh, I, I just as soon wear jeans as wear a dress. Good gracious. And, and we're too afraid to speak up. Oh, my God. You'd be homophobic. You'd be a bigot. You'd be transphobic. I'm all kinds of phobic. Let me tell you that. If it's not, you know, if it's not reasonable, if it doesn't make common sense to me, I'm phobic. You know, sometimes you should be phobic because sometimes what they're trying to do is really negative and dangerous. What's the point? You know, if you want to live your life as an adult and, and tell yourself and even physically transform yourself into the opposite sex, well, then go ahead. But otherwise, do we have to, you know, be obsessed with the dialogue? And now Disney is basically saying, you made such a big deal about all this stuff, and uh, we're going to sue you to the governor of Florida. And that looks like they have a pretty strong case. I've only read the first uh, 10 pages, but... Mm, uh, you know, I hope that hope my tax dollars aren't going to be all spent on fighting this lawsuit because it looks like it could be a pretty hopeless one for the governor and the state of Florida. Just saying, just saying. Anyway, um, I am going to take a break. I'm my, I'm hoping that I'm going to have Derek on to discuss discuss some of the things. But again, I'm waiting to hear from him. Let's see, did I get a message? Yep. Don't go too hard on Fox. That's my parent. Yep. All right. He'll be on at 945. L don't forget, coming up at 1 o'clock, Dan Bongino. At 4 o'clock, it's Ben Shapiro. And then the 6 o'clock WPTV News. And guess what? It's the weekend. Hallelujah. Give me a break, and I'll be right back. And the first thing I have to do, of course, is sing happy birthday to my son. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Derek. I can't believe you're 43 years old because that's how old I am. <laughs> you didn't need to put the number in there at the end. After 40, we just say a, 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 a polite happy birthday and we move on and never speak of it again. Okay? Those are the rules. Hey, listen, I just, you're my baby. That's kind of startling to me. I know. Yeah. That's got to be jarring for you that your baby is a middle-aged man now. <laughs> yeah. And and just, you know, I just, but I'm so proud of you and I'm so happy that, you know, you have found your place because you, you, you're you a brilliant man who had a lot of things uh, that he could have done and did and then said, but I need to be happy at work. And, and you are. And I'm so grateful that you found your place, just like I did. You know, I, I hope the same for Yeah, everybody. you know, you know I, we did, no one mapped it out this way, but that's why life is interesting. And yeah. uh, it's been such a fun run here, and I really sort of found my, my place in the world and quite happy. Yeah. So let's talk, about, let's talk about wrestlers who light themselves on fire. What was that all about? Yeah, this is a wild, I mean, we get some very 
crazy video. You know, you work at this place long enough, you're going to see some things in our tip in our tip box uh, over over the night. But this wrestling match was in Pomona, California. It was on April 22nd. It was by XPW Wrestling. There's a lot of these sort of independent wrestling outfits in California. It's very very popular. Um, and the guy did a stunt where he grabs a torch and he pours, you know, an accelerant in his mouth, probably some sort of liquor or something that'll catch fire. And you do a spit take essentially, and you blow a fireball. And it's, right. it's often done um, successfully, and it's a real crowd pleaser. But here, you know, that stuff gets all over your face, and he lit on fire and massaged his entire upper body, combust in flames. He's got oh. some of the the droplets of whatever was in his mouth on his body. And you can see he is just in distress at that point. It's very, very scary. Um, he ends up going to the hospital afterwards. He's got first and second degree burns over his body. He's a 41-year-old guy. And he says, look, I'm recovering. My face is going to heal up fast, but it's going to take a while because Oof. the burns are very, very serious. Yeah. And like what kind of, you know, even spitting a fireball, you know, is that necessary? Is that why people watch? Through? You, you, you as a kid used to love watching you know, wrestling, um, but people weren't like spitting fireballs, as I remember. You know, the ante gets up and up and up, and especially when you're in these independent leagues, you're trying to break into WWE. That's the mm-hmm. that's that's the big break you get. It's like going to the major leagues, and you start to get paid real money. So to sort of carve out a niche for themselves, the antics that they perform are increasingly they're dangerous for like you know they they throw chairs they do jumps off the top buckle they'll do flips lots of gymnastics you can get really hurt you know look wrestling is scripted but the injuries are real that's how i i think of it it's uh you know the outcome but getting there can still hurt you i mean hulk hogan is filled with titanium plates all over his body from the beating you take just performing these stunts yeah this is true um sad news of course that jerry springer had uh, gone to the great beyond but like nobody even knew he was sick now you had had some experience with springer yeah you know jerry jerry springer the cultural impact of of, of jerry springer is like it's difficult to overestimate um he did pass away for at 79 from pancreatic cancer and you know he didn't share this battle publicly he didn't want to burden anyone he was he knew he'd been sick for months. They were going through tests, and he only recently found out that this was actually quite dire, and he passed away surrounded by family and friends yesterday, and um, we've just seen an outpouring of grief. I mean, he was a public figure throughout his life, had a very long career that was fascinating, frankly. I mean, he had a burgeoning political career in Cincinnati before he even uh, took the talk show stage, and then he tried to do a Phil Donahue-like show but pivoted to what became a cultural institution for – years decades that show was on the air it only ended in 2018 and it's just just incredible whether you agree with what it did to television or what it was a harbinger of about the culture um his impact is is undeniable yeah and uh, you know listen i remember him as a political figure he was the mayor you know and it's uh, you know you just you think back to how that when i first got on the air the big uh talk was how do we get on Jerry Springer? Like, let's make up a story and say that, you know, these two talk hosts are having an affair or something. It was like getting on Jerry Springer was like everybody wanted to do it. It's so true. And what was funny about that show was even though people were throwing chairs, there was a certain kind of levity to it. Or yeah. he would he would sort of sub in as the everyman because he was at a remove from it. He was still sort of uh, 
you know, a ringleader of it, but he wasn't like Morton Downey or someone like that who was like, you know, angry and shouting. He would mm-hmm. give that sort of calm final thought at the end after you watch people right. throw chairs at their loved ones. Say, take care of, uh, of each other. Take care of yourself and each other. And it was, uh, he was like America's dad, and he stood in for the American viewer who would witness this um, and, and jaw agape, and he was sort of that guy. Yeah. Well, listen, it was a traumatic week over there at uh, the Fox News Network, to be sure. I mean, the firing of Tucker Carlson is a huge news story. And Don Lemon, you know, at CNN and just everything is shifting. And, you know, in because of what you and I do, it's very important to stay focused on delivering a good product because it's it's all falling apart around us, you know. I completely agree. I mean, you know, Don Lemon and, and, and Tucker Carlson both uh, leaving their networks uh, in, you know, hours of each other is, is, it was a huge, huge day. Now, Tucker in particular was a big anchor in the post-Bill O'Reilly days at, at Fox News. He was a big, big figure. And now people are saying Newsnack, which is sort of the upstart conservative ready, network, yeah. is going to make a big play for him. And, yeah. and they'll let it, they'll sort of open the open the purse up, hand him a bunch of money. I'm sure he can't get the same kind of money he was uh, earning at Fox, but they're going to give him a lot of control over the programming for the network and really let him take the lead if he's interested. Now, Tucker has come out. He gave sort of a, uh, you know, a, a vague sort of statement that he didn't really talk about the, the issues, but he said, see you soon sort of thing. And mm-hmm. it'll be It'll be interesting. I mean, he's a big voice. He may run he run for president or something like that. He's got political aspirations or run a news network, but he's got a lot in front of him. Yeah, and he's got a ton of money. And, you know, whatever the deal is upon his leaving, um, we don't know yet. He may be not able to join another network so quickly, um, but he may. You know, my, here's my prediction. I think he gets together with Elon Musk and Twitter becomes the biggest news gathering and news delivery source, and they just have to figure out how to do it. Um, and yeah, it, listen, Elon I think, Musk I think is they're aligned in a lot of ways. I think yeah. think about the world in a similar fashion. Free speech uh, is Tucker's their number very, very one bright. issue. I mean, no yeah. one can take that away from whether he was the right fit at the end of the day or, or what for the network, but he's going to have options available to him, and it'll be interesting to see which one he picks, whether it's continuing in news, um, seeking out politics, or like you said, uh, venturing into business. Yeah. Well, on one final note, you know, happy birthday again, but in honor of you, I've got tickets to go see the Heat versus the Knicks, an old rivalry that we used to enjoy. I am unbelievably excited. I hope you know your son has been buzzing. Uh, they know. made it through the first round. It's the most exciting Knicks team since those 90s Knicks teams. And to be facing off against the Heat and Jimmy Butler, I'm looking forward to a, a grueling series. They play yeah. very similarly. So uh, okay. we'll see how it goes. You're always welcome here if you want to go to a game with me. Just board, board home. Sounds good. All right. You take care. Happy birthday, honey. All right. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Have a good weekend. All right. And that does it for me. Uh, My plan is to be back here on Monday at 12 o'clock if it be his will and he delays his coming. Have yourself a great weekend. It's been a crazy, crazy week, but uh, spend some time uh, with your family. May God bless you and may God bless the United States of America. 
The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.